The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning again. I'm Pastor Chris. Welcome to Coastal. We're glad uh, to have you with us today on this Memorial Weekend. And how many of you already made it out to the beach this weekend? Anybody already head out to the beach? Few people. Few people. Okay. Hey, uh, there's a bunch of things that are happening in the life of the church, and a few things that I want. I do want to bring to your attention. Uh, on June the 11th, we do kick off a new series here at Coastal uh, called At the Movies. There's no doubt that our world still has a love affair with the movies, and a lot of people get what they believe about life, about God, about spirit spirituality, their worldview from the movies they watch and the music they listen to. Now, I'm not saying they get it right. I don't think they do. Uh, But instead of condemning the culture or imitating the culture, uh, why not engage the culture and talk about some of the things they're talking about? And uh, we're going to use movies as really a hook to direct people to spiritual truth and uh, point people to Jesus. And at Coastal, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. So that's uh, June the 11th, uh, two more weeks. Uh, Invite and bring friends as always. All of our first-time guests get a free movie ticket to Citadel Mall Theater. And uh, if you bring a friend with you, you get a ticket as well. We'll have those out at the welcome and guest tent. But anyway, there's a card inside your bulletin, and that's not for you. Uh, that's for you to give to somebody, to invite, to bring someone uh, for our At The Movie series. And then, then that whole day is just going to be awesome here at Coastal, because then later that day, uh, we're going to the beach, Folly Beach. We're going to have a, a beach baptism and barbecue. And uh, the, be- the baptism is at 4 o'clock. That's a little tongue twister there, isn't it? Beach baptism, barbecue. At the- anyway, um, it's going to be at 4 o'clock, the baptism. I think right now we've got 21 people uh, signed up to get baptized that Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be great. And if you'd like to join them, you can uh, check uh, the box on the back of your Connect card. And then we're going to eat together, celebrate uh, afterwards with a big barbecue. We're going to provide the meat, uh, paper products, drinks. You just bring uh, food, dishes, desserts to share. Uh, It's going to be a great day, but you can sign up for all of that on the back of your Connect card. The other thing that I want to bring to your attention this morning uh, is this little insert that's inside your bulletin. And uh, this is for Vacation Bible School. Uh, Vacation Bible School is the week of July the 17th through the 21st. And we like to say here at Coastal that VBS is definitely all hands on deck. We need everybody uh, to volunteer to to help make VBS the great success it always is. And uh, this year is going to be just as great. The theme is Maker Fun Factory, created by God and built for a purpose. And uh, we usually see somewhere between 150 and 200 kids during the week of VBS. But we need volunteers before VBS, during VBS, and after VBS. And so this little blue insert has all the different volunteer spots. Uh, put out your name, your phone number, your email. Check what you're interested in serving. Uh, fold this, and you can stick it in the blue buckets immediately after church. And my wife, Janet, our children's director, is right here on the front row. If you have any questions about VBS, make sure you see her today. And uh, Janet, I guess the biggest need typically is crew leaders, right? Crew leaders. Crew leaders are those volunteers who basically just walk around with a little group of kids, uh, like four to five students, and uh, just kind of make sure they go where they're supposed to go and have fun with them. Uh, But if you have any questions about VBS, uh, make sure you see Jan. It really is one of the best weeks of the summer uh, here at Coastal and for kids. Uh, The other thing, and there is a lot going on here at Coastal, is uh, life groups. And uh, life groups start not this week, but the following week. And uh, life groups are uh, small groups of people that meet in homes uh, all over Charleston. The summer is a shorter semester. It's just four to six weeks long. And this little catalog uh, that's on the kiosk and then on the sign-up table in the back kind of lets you know about all the different groups that we have. Uh, You can sign up uh, three different ways, but you only have to sign up one time, one way. 
And uh, you can sign up uh, on your Connect card, the back of your Connect card this morning. You can sign up at the Life Group table back there underneath the one sign, or you can sign up from our website online. And, uh, but you only have to sign up once, uh, one way. Once you're signed up, you're signed up, and you're, most of our leaders will be contacting you this week as we prepare for Life Groups. Uh, the following week. So there's a lot of stuff uh, going on here at Coastal I want you to be aware of. Uh, it's a great day. I'm excited because my daughter Lydia is here. What, what, Woo! And her boyfriend, Andrew. What, what, what? So, Andrew, if you'll come up here for the blood ceremony. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> just joking. Anyway, uh, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been driving somewhere and uh, you're listening to the radio and uh, maybe you're just surfing the radio, you're trying to find, you know, that, that stay awake song uh, on a long road trip and uh, maybe you'll catch just one small bite of one song and uh, then you can't get that song out of your mind. It's just stuck. It's just embedded there. Um, that happens to me all the time. All the time. I mean, it can be a jingle. Uh, I can be in an elevator somewhere. Uh, it can be a commercial, a movie soundtrack, be a song that we sing here at church, anything. I will hear it. My mind will latch onto it like a bulldog. And then I am humming that song all day long. I mean, I'm humming it, singing it. And, uh, and usually, I'll, I, I will admit this. Um, I don't know any of the words to those songs except for like, you know, one or two phrases. But I will, um, as my family says, annoyingly, I will annoyingly sing that song uh, 10 different ways, 10 different voices. And, uh, and I don't understand this. Then my wife, Janet, accuses me of running it into the ground. Now, I am not the only one who does this, right? I mean, surely there's somebody else here. Admit it and come clean so Janet will know I'm not the only one. Raise your hand if you do. See, Janet, look around. Lots of people are just as crazy as me. Now, but now it's changed. It's changed because of, you know, technology. Um, I don't have to search the radio anymore. Um, if, if I'm on a long trip somewhere, I got my phone. I just open up Spotify and uh, I can play all of my, uh, I call them, Keep me awake, sing as, long, sing as loud as I want to favorites, okay? From like Adele, everybody, know, everybody here knows I love me some Adele, okay? From Adele to Beyonce, I love Beyonce. Um, uh, Run DMC, you know, old school rap. And, and this sing-along classic. singing right now see so just just a few chords of that and now i will be humming that song what is that song by the way everybody know very good well, if you see your outline you know exactly what song that is um and uh i, I and if you're like me uh if you're really trying to stay awake you'll even imitate mick jagger's mouth right go ahead and turn to your neighbor and do that right now do a little mick jagger impersonation right to your neighbor there you go very good some of y'all look disgusting anyway um now, I know what you're thinking this morning. You're going, Pastor Chris, what in the world does any of that have to do with today's message? Well, nothing. No, because um, I wanted to stay awake, and that was going to keep me awake. No, um, I really believe uh, that in many ways that song could actually serve as a theme song uh, for, for the culture that we live in today. Uh, there's no doubt we are living in an age of dissatisfaction. Uh, discontent. 
I mean all the time. Um, I meet people who are unfulfilled, unhappy, and unsatisfied. And they're searching. You know, searching for anything or anyone that will fill that void in their life. And yet I believe you can get satisfaction. Uh, You can find contentment. But what's the secret? You know, what is the secret to satisfaction? A satisfying life. Philippians chapter 4, I read it earlier, listen to it again. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Let me give you a simple definition of contentment. Uh, If you're taking notes there on your outline this morning, contentment is independence from circumstances. An independence from circumstances. In other words, what I'm saying is you don't base your satisfaction on the situation. Uh, Your contentment, your satisfaction comes from within. Now, where in the world do you find that? How do you get that? Paul says, in fact, I've, I've learned. In fact, he says it twice. I've learned to be content. I've learned the secret. So in other words, it's not something that's automatic. Contentment actually is something that we have to, we have to learn, we have to come to terms with. Um, Paul doesn't say, I've always, be con- I've always been content. You know, it's not something that happened overnight or instant or a one-time experience. Life is a school of, intent- of contentment. The problem, however, is that most people today never learn. And they die unfulfilled and unsatisfied. So today, I want us to talk about some lessons that we can learn together that will produce that satisfaction in your life, that sense of contentment. Let's look at them together. Number one, if you want to learn to have a satisfying life, you've got to learn to avoid comparisons. Learn to avoid comparisons. You know, comparing yourself to others will always lead to discontent. It will always lead to dissatisfaction. Verse 11 again, Paul said, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Typically, that comes from from not comparing yourself. You know, I remember um, when I was about 10 years old, um, I remember getting a bike for Christmas. Now, it wasn't just any bike. It was a mini bike. Anybody remember those mini bikes? Uh, Man, I love that thing. And I I would ride that that mini bike. We had a, a dirt path. Uh, kind of a field across the street from our house, and we had a dirt path that went the length of our street. And I mean, I would ride that mini bike from sunup till sundown, and uh, you know, I was the most uh, contented, satisfied little 10-year-old boy. I was Mr. Cool until, until Chris Vanesky, who lived down the street, about five or six houses, who was even younger than I was, rode up to my house in a sure enough real Yamaha dirt bike. And there went my contentment. You know, my little mini bike felt like the gas-powered lawnmower on two wheels that it really was, you know, compared to a Yamaha dirt bike. Let me ask you this. Have you ever gone, um, have you ever gone and looked at model homes and then go back to your shack? You know, <laughs> like... Uh, so, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Discontent, dissatisfied. Um, and so if you want to learn to be content, you do have to avoid comparisons. 
Listen, there will always be people who make more money than you do. There will always be people who have greater opportunities than you have, who seem to have fewer problems. So what? You know, that really should have no bearing whatsoever on your own satisfaction. So stop comparing yourself. Let me give you some misconceptions about happiness that I think are important to learn if you're going to lead that satisfying life. Uh, The first misconception is this. I must have what others have to be happy. I must have what others have to be happy. Your, Your kids ever say this? But mom, all the other kids have one. Right, yeah, you've heard that, right? But we do the same thing as adults, don't we? You know, everybody else has one, so I've got to have one. That's actually, you know, the myth behind all fads and fashion. You know, other people are wearing it, driving it, doing it. Then I've got to. Uh, second myth, I've got to be liked by everyone in order to be happy. No, you don't. I mean, I don't like you. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, no. You know, but think about it. So many people waste so much valuable time always trying to win the approval of other people. Think about this for a second. Even Jesus couldn't please everybody. Even Jesus couldn't. And the fact is, you don't need other people's approval to be happy, to be satisfied. Another misconception about happiness is that having more will make you more happy. That's not true either. Somebody once asked Howard Hughes, uh, how much money does it take to make a man happy? You know what he said? Just a little bit more. Speaking of contentment, listen to this verse from 1 Timothy 6. Godliness with, what's the word? Contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Paul says, hey, listen, you know, you didn't bring anything into this world. You're not going to take anything out of it. Now, I happen to have been in the delivery room for the birth of both of my children. And I want you to know that verse is true. I mean, you know, none of my kids brought anything into the world with them. I mean, Christopher didn't pop out with a guitar. You know, he didn't. You know, Lydia didn't come out with a baby doll. And we're, and we're all going to leave this world with nothing. Uh, when I was in Bible college, I had to take a uh, practical ministries class. And that now, now that I've been in ministry for a long time, I realized that class was not very practical, actually. We didn't, you know, didn't really teach me a lot. But one of the things very interesting that we did learn about was performing weddings and funerals. And uh, we took what I guess you would call a field trip to a funeral home. Woohoo! And um, uh, did you know that they make suits for people when they die? Uh, they're called what? Obviously, burial suits. Burial suits. You know what the only difference is between a burial suit and a regular suit is? Burial suits don't have any pockets. They don't have any pockets. Why? Because you don't need them. You know, you're not taking anything with you. So again, what is Paul saying? He's saying that all of the stuff of this life, you know, that you, that you think you're going to find satisfaction from, contentment from, they're just temporary. You know, they're, they're just on loan to you. Sure, you get to use them while you're here on this earth, and yes, I do believe we get to enjoy them, and ultimately, as believers, we're supposed to leverage all of it for God's glory, but none of it's going to last. And so why waste time with an obsession with possessions, you know, and comparing yourself to other people? That's a pathway to dissatisfaction. Lesson number two, if you're going to be satisfied in life, 
you've got to learn to adjust to change. Adjust to change. Life is full of ups and downs. How many of you would agree with that? Ups and downs. I mean, it just is. You know, uh, emotionally, physically, mentally, financially, this week you're on the top of the heap, and next week, you know, it's like the heap is on top of you, and you, you hit a home run this week, next week you strike out, you know, this week you're the hero at work, next week you're the zero. There's nothing certain in this life except for change. Change, change is certain. So, here's the question then. How well do you handle change? You know, how well do you adjust? You know, how well do you handle things when, when things get shaken up a little bit, or, you know, do you get scared? Do you get moody? Do you find yourself getting angry, uptight? How do you handle change? And I think one of the things that Paul is hitting at here is that one of the secrets of learning to be content is this ability to adjust and to be flexible and to be content in all different kinds of circumstances and change. You know, when I think about all the change that this church has gone through in the last five, ten years, I mean, it's incredible. And yet I think about, you know, as we continue to grow, the changes that are ahead of us, they're, they're going to be enormous. So how do you handle that? You see, your happiness in life, your contentment is largely dependent upon an ability that you have to adjust and to adapt and to be flexible. Because change is going to come whether you like it or not. In fact, again, look what Paul said in verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content, what does he say, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul says, I've seen it all. I've seen good times. I've seen bad times. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. See, there it is again, stuck in my head. You're, I am, I'm messed up. Anyway, um, you know, go back to our definition of contentment. Paul is saying, I'm independent of my circumstances. You know, that's, that's one of the secrets of satisfaction. Now, again, you know, if you go back to the rest of Philippians, you know, all this talk, remember, about joy. And Paul saying, you know, rejoice. I say it again, uh, be joyful. Uh, you, you know, you would think Paul is staying like in the Roman Ritz-Carlton or something, Right? But remember, when he wrote this, he's old, he's lonely, he's in prison, awaiting possible execution. And here's Paul writing to this group of believers, listen, no matter what I go through, I choose not to be a victim. No matter what people do to me, they're not going to take away my joy because that's a choice. Happiness is a choice. I'm not, I am independent of my circumstances. Coastal, listen to me. That's freedom. That's freedom. I mean, when you can say, you know what? It doesn't matter what you do to me. I'm not controlled by my circumstances. You know, when someone asks, hey, well, how are you doing? You ever hear people respond, well, I'm okay, what? Under the what? Under the circumstances. What are you doing under them? You know, choose to live above them. Now, there are all kinds of circumstances in life. Uh, there are circumstances that you can control and you do, right, every day. You know, there's stuff going on in your life that you can control, and you, and you make choices every day to, to control them. Uh, you don't like the show on television you're watching, you change the channel. You're hungry, you choose to eat. 
there are circumstances in life that you can control and people don't. You know, people say, well, you know, I, I need some money, but I don't have a job. I'll just be content with what I have. Sometimes that's not contentment. That's laziness. Okay, that could be complacency. Uh, if you can change a situation, you don't need contentment. You need to get up off your blessed assurance and do something about it. Okay? But there are circumstances in life that you can't control. And that's absolutely where you need contentment. In those uncontrollable circumstances that are beyond your power. You know, you've done the very best you can and it's still out of your hands. That's where you need to trust God. That's where you do need to learn that lesson of avoid comparisons and learning to adjust. By the way, let me give you one other little secret, I think, of just a key to learning to adjust in life. Um, I think it's a sense of humor. A sense of humor. You know, I've noticed that the people who are, you know, seem to be the most emotionally balanced and stable in life are those people who have developed a keen sense of humor and the ability to laugh at themselves and sometimes even laugh at their circumstances. Uh, I think that's crucial in learning to adjust. Because if you don't learn to adjust, you will break. You will break down or you'll burn out. Because circumstances demand uh, flexibility. You know, I, th I think that's one of the reasons why here at Coastal we put such an emphasis on community, uh, on group life. You know, I love Sunday morning. I love, you know, attracting a crowd and sharing the gospel. And, and this is awesome. But I do know this. You don't grow in a crowd. You don't develop faith in a crowd. You don't find those three o'clock in the morning friends in a crowd that you can do life with and it'll be there for you when circumstances are out of your control and you need support and encouragement. That's why those groups are so important. Third lesson we gotta learn in order to be content. I must learn to access Christ's power. I've gotta to learn to access the power of Christ. You know, instead of just depending on my own effort and my own energy to push through, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just hunker down and pull through. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You gotta learn to, to access and to draw on the power of Christ. This is probably the most famous, most quoted verse uh, for sure in Philippians, maybe one uh, in the Bible, one of those uh, most quoted verses in the Bible, verse 13. Uh, I can do some things through him who gives me strength. That's not what it says, is it? I can do what? I can do everything. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That means, yes, you can handle it when your kids are out of control. That means you can make it when you lose your job. That means you have power when your marriage is failing. How? How does he say that? Because he's not depending on his own power. He's depending on the power of God. Do you know how you know when you're probably depending too much on your own strength and your own power? I know one of the things that I've learned, one of the signs of that is this. You're tired. You, you, let me ask you are, you, are you worn out this morning? You feel a little beat down? You know, many times, not always, but many times, I think fatigue and burnout come from doing life in your own strength rather than depending on the power of God. Look at this passage again. Just listen to me as I read it from 
the Amplified Bible. Listen to this, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens and empowers me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything, equal to anything, through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. I like that. Remember what it means to be content? Independent from circumstances. I am self-sufficient, not in myself though, but in Jesus and his sufficiency. In other words, you got a problem that you're facing this week? Paul says, I am ready for anything. I can handle anything. I am confident. You see, satisfaction in life not only comes from contentment, but I also think it comes from this sense of confidence. And that confidence, though, this is important, it doesn't come from your own power and your own strength and your own accomplishments, but it comes from Christ's power and what he accomplished for us on the cross. You know, the Greek word here for strength in this verse is the word dunamis. And it's the word from which we get the English word dynamite or dynamo. Anybody know what a dynamo is? I mean, besides your three-year-old, okay? A dynamo uh, is something that gives continuous energy, ongoing, never-ending power and strength. And Paul is saying, Jesus is the dynamo of my life. He gives me continuous energy. I don't run out. I am confident. I am confident. I am capable to cope with the circumstances of life because I draw from the power of Christ. Now, this is important. That does not mean, however, that you don't face struggles and that you live a, you know, a storm-free life. Remember when Paul wrote these words, again, he, was from, he wrote them from prison. Actually, Paul also had some sort of uh, ongoing problem, maybe a physical struggle or something, that he actually begged God to remove in his life. He prayed several times. In fact, he called this his uh, thorn in the flesh. But God never took it away. Instead, look how God responded. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But God said to me, my grace is what? Sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Now this is really cool. Circle the word sufficient there. The word sufficient in 2 Corinthians 12. The word there for sufficient is the same word in Greek for the word contentment in Philippians. In other words, think about this. Sufficiency is contentment. Why? Because contentment is independence from circumstances. And God allows us to go through problems and hardships and the storms of life so that we can learn contentment. And ultimately, so he can display his power through us. You know the real reason people can't find satisfaction? It's just that Jesus is not the center of their life. And they're looking for contentment. They're looking for fulfillment and satisfaction in all the wrong places. And today, you know this, people are running from this to that, looking for something, anything, that'll fill that void in their life. And they're moving from relationship to relationship, from job to job, from hobby to sports to recreation to fads to books to therapies, looking for the key. When God's laid it out, you were made by God. You were created by him 
with a God-shaped vacuum in your life that absolutely nothing in this world will ever fill except for a personal relationship with him through Christ. And when you try to fill that, that void, when you try to find that ultimate satisfaction in life through anything else other than Jesus, you find out it doesn't last. Listen, I believe God wants you to have a satisfying life. He wants you to be content. He wants you to be fulfilled. In fact, Jesus said it. He said it this way, John 10, 10. I came that they might have life and have it what? Abundantly, life to the fullest. Man, that's what God wants you to have. But the way that you find that in life is through learning these lessons. Look back at your outline for a second with me. Which one of these lessons do you need to learn today? Or maybe you need to relearn it. How about that first one? Have you learned the foolishness of comparing yourself and your situation to others? You know, when you do that, when you compare yourself to other people, what does it do? It, it makes you jealous, envious, sometimes prideful, or miserable. Listen, be what God's called you to be. Do what God's called you to do, no more, no less. How about the second lesson? How well do you adjust to change? How flexible are you with the ups and downs of life? Now, obviously, again, if you can change your circumstances, do it. Uh, contentment's not complacency or laziness. But contentment also doesn't mean that you always like the situation that you're in right now. You know, I don't think it means that either. You know, you never hear the Apostle Paul going, Woohoo, I'm in prison. All right, I love me some prison food. You know, no, I don't. I don't think, you know, contentment is not, you know, just psych yourself up, con yourself, and, and pretend that you really like something that you don't, okay? That's not contentment. That's silliness. Contentment is saying, no, no matter what I face, with the power of Christ in me, I can handle it. Actually, that's lesson number three as well. Learn to draw on the power of Christ. I can handle anything. I can do all things. I am sufficient in every situation. I can master anything with the power of Christ in me. Let me ask you, are you tired today? Worn out? You know, maybe you walked in here today and honestly, you, the thought in your mind is, God, I just, uh, I feel like giving up. Maybe, just maybe, God brought you here today to say this to you. Great. I've got you just where I want you. Maybe today, maybe now, you'll surrender. And you'll start looking to me for satisfaction. You'll start looking to me for fulfillment. I can infuse you with a power that's not your own. That's the secret to satisfaction. That's the secret to contentment. And listen, you can have that today. You know, don't, don't walk out of here today. You know, still on that endless, frustrating search to find satisfaction 
in anything and anyone other than Jesus. And it is as simple and yet as beautiful as a prayer. It's faith. You know, I'd love more, I'd love, I'd love to pray with you today. You know, more than anything else, I'd love for you to, uh, to come to Christ today in faith and to fill that void with a personal relationship with God. I'm not talking about religion or church attendance or a long list of do's and don'ts. I'm talking about getting to know Jesus and coming to him in faith. You can have that today. Um, Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you today for your word. And I thank you today for the reminder that ultimately, satisfaction comes through a relationship with you through Jesus. And Father, um, my guess is there's people here today who are tired and they're worn out. And maybe it's because they've been searching and looking for something, anything that would fill that void in their life that you created with stuff other than you. Listen, if you're ready to come home today, if you're ready to a step out in faith and begin that relationship with God. You can have it and do that right here and right now. Just pour your heart out to him and say, just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, today I want to come home. I, I have been. I have been looking for satisfaction, contentment, and so many other things and people circumstances other than you. Father, today, I want to find all of that and more in you. God, I do believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that you sent him to this earth to pay for my sin. It was me, my sin, that put Jesus, your son, on that cross. But death and sin in this world could not contain him. I believe he rose from the dead and he is alive. And God, I, I put all my faith and my trust in him and him alone. And for the rest of my days here on this earth, God, I just want to get to know him more and more. And I want to follow him. God, I want to become more and more like you see me today forgiven, brand new, complete, sufficient, your child, your son, your daughter. And Father, um, for those who are here who have already placed their faith in Christ, me included, God, help us not to constantly be chasing after the things of this world to find satisfaction. Help us to enjoy what you've given us. Help us to also leverage it all for your kingdom and for your purposes. We love you, Father, and we pray all these things today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.